Welcome to Talking Giants Boys and Girls presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. It's another player profile and projection. We got two important pieces for the New York Giants. We got Nick Gates and Dalvin Tomlinson. Justin, how are you doing? Ooh, Bobby Skinner changing up with the first question. I'm doing well. Um, Nick Gates, first thing I think of when I think of Nick Gates, I think he's the new Bash brother of, you know, he's kind of taking the place of John Jalapia with Will Hernandez. They were working out together, it seemed, this summer. Um, He's got, like, that heavy metal hair going on. Uh, Not a pleasant human being to look at. He went to the University of Nebraska, which is my favorite college school. Um, Started some 30 games there. And also he went to Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, um, which has just a a whole page of notable alumni, including uh, one of your friends, uh, C.J. Watson from the Magic. You're a Magic dude. C.J. Watson's not a Magic player. He's a Warriors player and Bulls player. Oh, all right. I like how I asked you how you're doing, and you just start reeling off Nick Gates facts. Well, because I'm not used to you asking me how I am during these episodes, so if you ask me how I am, I'm going to tell you, and then that's going to take 10 minutes, and we don't you want could that. T- you could not take two minutes, though, too. You could just do like an awkward no, eight-year-old, like, good, and then... I'm, I'm too egotistical to not talk about myself for more than five minutes. All right, Nick Gates, six foot five, <laughs> 307 pounds, 24 years old. As you said, you stole this fact from me. He's an undrafted free agent out of Nebraska. In 2018, missed that whole year due to the injury. And, Justin, he popped off to us in preseason last year because Nate Solder and Mike Rimmers were the starters and Chad Wheeler was assumed to be the swing tackle. But then all of a sudden we got the Nick Gates guy. Like, look at him playing tackle, guard. He's surely better than Chad Wheeler. And, Justin, he got three starts, but they were all super impressive. Played four games. But his first start was against the Jets at right tackle, and he was the best offensive lineman for the Giants on that day. And you go and watch him against the Eagles. Awesome game. You watch him at guard against the Dolphins. Like, you remember a block by him. You don't remember blocks by most in most games. You remember a block of him pulling for Saquon Barkley. He was on a, he was on a pull block on that Dolphins game. Sprawled a touchdown on the left side. Yeah, he's a good player. And that's why I have been advocating for him all offseason. Justin Nick Gates for center 2020. Because we need to find a place for him to play. And you know what? He practiced at center last year. He's been practicing at center all offseason with Will Hernandez in Las Vegas with Derek Carr and some other NFL players. And Justin, I think that's his best place long-term, and it seems like that's where the Giants are practicing him to start off camp. Bobby, you just look at him as an NFL player, and he's just so balanced. That's the word that comes to mind when I think of Nick Gates, and you've watched Nick Gates more than anybody, then you've re-watched Nick Gates more than anybody. In college, he played a little nasty, played a little nasty at left tackle for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and then when I think of him playing in the NFL, it's very balanced, he's in control, he keeps everybody in front of him, he has strong hands, Um, so even though... You think, oh, somebody who's maybe a little bit thinner, he's playing the tackle. That's a big size, 6'6", if you want to put him on the interior part of the line, especially at center. The Giants already came out and said that they're not concerned about that big, about having a big center. Hey, they're actually welcoming it because Travis Frederick was a guy that was 6'4". They welcomed the big, strong guys um, at that spot. So, Bobby, uh, maybe we'll even just start here with... If he is going to be at center, I think the one big red flag concern that people have is the height and that he's going to be too big. He might stand up too tall. What do you have on that? I've heard people say that you go through the NFL and there has been really good tall centers. I mean, Colombo brought it up Travis Frederick was six foot four. You're telling me 
that one added inch stops him from being awesome. And Travis Frederick was an all-pro player. So that stuff doesn't bother me. And the fact, like I said, this offensive line is not good enough to not have good players. And the Giants extended Nick Gates because they think he is a good player. They didn't just extend him for the sake of it to have a swing tackle. They extended him because they think he's a good player. And center is the spot for him to land long term. We hope Matt Parrott can be that right tackle. So it would stink to put him at right tackle, him to be really good. And then it's like Matt Parrott's never waiting, is, is never gets a chance. But I also, I also preach that you don't not play someone in a position because of a third rounder. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. of what someone else could be. So I that's why I'm cool with him at center or right tackle. But the early days of fully padded practices, Nick Gates is playing center and he's letting his belly hang out while he does it. <laughs> yeah, he's really he's really showing how he's the alpha male while he's doing it. It's you, you got to get the breeze. You got to get the draft going. It's pretty hot up there in East Rutherford, New Jersey, up in the swamps. Now, Bobby, I think another thing about playing center and something that Jalapio arguably struggled with last year as well is calling things out at the line of scrimmage. You need a guy who is smart, so it's not just a long, it's not just getting the experience with actually snapping a ball under center and shotgun, but it is you're the captain of that offensive line. You're calling out the schemes. You're calling out the protections. So we've seen that Nick Gates can be a smart football player at tackle and guard, but can that translate to center, in your opinion? Yeah, I hope so, because a lot of the Jalapio stuff was like in-play stuff, the mistakes he would make. And Gates, while he hasn't played center, he hasn't you know called out protections, he showed elite in-play awareness, where if, if his guy backed out, he'd be back in. Like, think of that Eric Flowers play against the Jaguars. That never happens with Nick Gates. Nick no. Gates is, like, sharp with that stuff. And I think he's put in the work and has been working with the offensive line, Coach Mark Colombo, to figure that stuff out because I think he really wants that and he realizes that is so much part of the position. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not playing him over Spencer Pulley off over the fact that uh, Pulley has more experience. That's the only thing that Pulley has for him is that he has more experience. Yeah, I would, I will trust Nick Gates to learn how to call out stuff. He's shown to be a smart player. I'm, I'm willing to have a couple mistakes here and there to have a good offensive lineman in there. At what point of the summer do you start to get concerned if Nick Gates isn't solely taking number one reps? Because Bobby, you, you've been one to talk about all, you know, leading up to training camp. That partially because of how short this camp is, that. Guys, kind of, you know, there's not really going to be that many open position battles because um, the coaches already pretty much know who they want, where, um, and when they want them. So, at what point of training camp, you know, we're looking at three, three, four weeks until Giants football. At what point of camp are you concerned that Nick Gates is not getting number one reps and Spencer Pulley's still in there? After Friday's scrimmage, or after Friday's scrimmage, someone should be taking all the first team reps. So, if they're still splitting them, I'm like. Okay, that's weird, but at least they're not just giving it to him. Um, we saw the first two days of padded practices. Spencer Pulley got the day one, and then day two, Nick Gates got them. So it does seem like an open competition when you don't really see open competitions all the time in Giants camp. But a lot of times we do see day one, they'll give the nod to the vet. Like, you know, with whether it's Baker or whoever. Like they had Sam Beal above Baker to start out camp last year and stuff like that. So sometimes they will give the nod to the vet day one, and then it's like, all right, we gave it a chance, which is as silly as it is. They do do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we'll see, but I, I, I do expect him to be the day one starter. They didn't extend him to not start him. You know, like I said, I'm cool with him at center, right tackle. It looks like center right now. You've, you've been one to talk about as well, about bringing in more of Kyle Shanahan's fun, interesting run concepts on the offensive side of the ball. 
How do you see Nick Gates kind of fitting into that kind of fun approach to running the ball with movement in the interior part of the line, uh, guys flying around? Uh, where do you see Nick Gates' strengths on the interior part of the line uh, instead of Spencer Pulley? He can pull. He can pull. I know that's funny with Spencer Pulley's name being Pulley, but mm. he can pull. He can get across guys' face on down blocks. Like He is just a better football player than Pulley. Go watch Pulley in that Jets game. He was flat out horrible. So bad that I think we might just have to replace Pulley's PPP because I don't want to just trash a guy for eight, <laughs> ten minutes straight. Um, he's just He does every part of playing football. He does better than Spencer Pulley. The only advantage Pulley has is experience at playing center. That's the only advantage he has. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go back to balanced and control. Um, that's really what we need right now at the interior part of the line. Yes, I, I I think we need a guy who really has a lot of play strength. So if maybe if we're talking about Shane Lemieux is, is in his third year, then yes, you would want that anchor up there. But right now, Nick Gates, he seems like he's the smartest football player. They, you know, Giants extended him for a reason. They believe in him. He's going to play somewhere. Uh, his strengths are more suited at center. Uh, we need that stable presence at center right now because we haven't had it in years. It's been a long time. We need someone who, who can stay on the football field as well. That's really what where I feel this line would take a step up, obviously with the presence of left tackle, but also at center in, in the interior part of the line. Because also, Bobby, even the running game, not just for pass protection, but you're running the ball most of the time. Over 50% of your carries are going through the center and guard. It's very, very important. Right. Yeah, and I, I think he gives us the best opportunity there. I think he has the best opportunity to be a long-term starter. So let's, uh, let's, let's get it started with Nick Gates. All right, let's take a break and we'll move the defense. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin. Let's talk about Dalvin Tomlinson. Six foot three, three hundred eighteen pounds. Twenty six years old. He was drafted in the two thousand seventeen NFL Draft in the second round, the fifty fifth overall pick. Justin, in 2019, this guy kind of popped. He had 49 tackles, three and a half sacks, seven tackles for a loss, and nine QB hits. Justin, in his two previous seasons, he only had one sack, six tackles for a loss, and one QB hit. So his QB hits in one season compared to two went times nine, had one more the tackle for loss, and then two and a half more sacks than he did in those first two seasons combined. He popped this year, and it seemed to really take place when Leonard Williams was traded to the Giants. Ooh. Ooh, gotta love that. Gotta love that for the pro Leonard Williams crowd, which is very few people. Um, but Dalvin Tomlinson, little fun facts about him. Another guy who went to high school in Georgia who, and who is from Georgia, so joined the Georgia crowd. But little did you know, he actually tore his ACL while he was in high school, not doing football, not being a three-time state champion in wrestling. But no, he tore his ACL while he was a soccer player. So just envision Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, pro probably in high school, 240 pounds, 250 pounds, you would think, especially going to Alabama. You got to be pretty big, got to be pretty bulky, at least around that size. And he's running around playing soccer. Tori Do you know ACL. if he played varsity? I don't. It, we don't have that information, but I just find that to be so strange that a big boy is running out there playing soccer. I played, I played, uh, I played JV soccer my freshman year and my sophomore year. Did you know that? No. Used to lay kids out. I would just, I literally would use my football cleats 
And you couldn't have the front spikes. I would just unscrew the front spike and use my football cleats. Nice. And I would just play defense and I would boot it. Um, it was fun. And I was the king of headers at six foot seven. So me and Dalvin Thompson could do a little soccer match one day, maybe. Bobby, can Justin. I can I share with you a fact? I know you like to go into your little observations thing right now, but we need to get this out of the way very quickly because I think we both we both said this to each other pre-show, and I don't think we could believe it. In 2019. Davon Tomlinson saw 54% of the defensive snaps. The highest that he's seen in his career is 57% in 2018. There was only one game where he saw over 70% of the snaps, and there were four games, no, three games, where he got over 60%. Okay, I, I, can't, I could not believe that when I saw that. I was blown away by that. I didn't, I didn't believe you. I had to go check myself um, when you told me that because he was the guy who popped out on the screen the most. You know, when I was doing my Tuesday, you know, all 22 stuff, Dalvin Thompson was like the repeat offender on my clips. Like, look at Dalvin Thompson blow this guy up and make a tackle for a loss. He had awesome, wow plays for me. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams didn't really have those. Dexter Lawrence had them uh, here and there. But Dalvin Thompson was having those wow plays every week, like the second half of the season. And I do think Leonard Williams being there unlocked a little bit of that for him. Yeah, what you really saw, and you even saw him progress in this way in 2018 as well, but I think he just continued to take another step up. It was in terms of his pass rush and his ability to you know, really close down the pocket from that interior defensive line spot. Bobby, I even think you saw him line up at a little bit of defensive end sometimes too, which, and I'm not even just saying defensive end in a 3-4 system. I'm saying maybe you have an edge rusher on one end of the line of scrimmage, and then he was actually the guy with the hand on his ground lining up across from the tackle, um, almost on the edge, acting as almost like a 4-3 defensive end. But that was Betcher's system. We don't even need to really talk about that. And, he, you know, you could say that he had some success. He had, a, he had five QB knockdowns this past year, 13 pressures, again, for an interior defensive lineman who's playing just over 50% of the snack, snaps, having 13 pressures isn't too bad. Um, and he rarely even misses tackles, too. We know how much of a force he is in the run game. Uh, we know how disruptive he is. I guess if we had to choose a word, it's disruptive. And we and if we have to be cliche sports radio podcasters, disruptive would be the word that we would use. Um, Bobby, even some more stats that I have. Uh, there was this nice uh, XY chart that Seth Walder put out, and he kept uh, updated throughout the regular season. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, down on like the x-axis, they would show that his double team rate was at 68%, slightly under 68%, but his win rate was slightly above average. His win rate that he, his win rate that he would win those pass rushing opportunities of being double teamed was slightly above average, which is very, very, very impressive. Yeah, I mean, he just continued to make plays, like you said, against double teams. Um, he got a lot more single teams. Um, or I guess just regular blocks. They're not called single teams because a, a single person doesn't make a team. It's a, mm. it's a, a person. We're trying to defeat the single team mindset that the Giants formerly had. Joe Isn't Judge. that right, Joe Judge? Take a lap, Bobby. No, I I agree with you, man. He was just a flat-out disruptor in the run game. Um, Should we have the contract conversation? Yes. Yeah, because in a way, if there's a year to do it or if there's an offseason to do it, it's this year. And, Bobby, I really do think – you know, it's it, it really is a rotation with these defensive linemen, but you have to figure that 
this guy has to get more snaps if he can take it. And if the stamina can take it, and I know in a way it's good to keep these guys fresh. Guys, especially big dudes, they're going to play when they're freshest. But at the same time, I kind of want Dalvin Tomlinson out there for more than 55% of the defensive plays. I don't really think that's a hot take. So I want him out there more. And if he's out there more, he's going to put more numbers on the board as well. He's going to get more pressures. He's going to get more QB hits. Sacks is kind of random year in and year out, especially for interior defensive linemen. But he's going to be generating more pressure. He's going to be more disruptive, especially with the whole year of Leonard Williams. So it would be tough to not welcome him back because honestly Bobby if I had to rank the talent level of defensive tackles slash defensive ends the Giants have seen over the last couple years not uh, not including Leonard Williams it would be Snacks Harrison number one and then Dalvin number two above Jonathan Hankins above Linville Joseph and above like Jay Bromley Jay Bromley you you really felt the need to put Jay Bromley in that uh, conversation I wanted to show that I'm a knowledgeable Giants fan yeah, but we have Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, who we expect to grow and become a, like more of a beast. I mean, even, hell, you even have R.J. McIntosh, who it's like every time it seems like he gets a chance to play, he gets a sack. He, he gets faded. He, he really gets faded. Giants just That's, signed somebody else, and he's getting faded again. I don't know, man. It's it's. Do you... I just don't want to give this guy a huge contract when we already have Leonard Williams and, De- and Dexter Lawrence. It's yeah, a position right. of strength. Um, maybe he could be a trade piece. I don't know. It's it's Tom a good pick. player, and I yeah. hate being on a bad team and trying to get like trying to move on from good players. That sucks. But it's the one position we're at a plethora of, and it's why it it's just another reason why it makes the Leonard Williams trade that more frustrating. I get he wasn't like doing what he was doing before Leonard Williams, so it's kind of a you know chicken or the egg kind of thing, which is chicken by the is the answer. Um, but anyways. It's it's just frustrating because it's like I don't want to like spend too much money on another guy at this position when he like you said he played fifty five percent of the snaps. Yeah, but maybe he comes on like an eight mil a year deal, you know, or seven mil or something like that. You 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 would hope and you would pray, right? But tough. It's it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. But in terms of just thinking about, we have him for twenty twenty, and he's going to be on this football team. He's going to be with Patrick Graham, and he's going to be playing next to hopefully Leonard Williams can get more comfortable in New York. He can have a whole year where he is here and he is on this football team. I mean, the only thing that really frustrates me, you know, and this is where we're going to need to take, we're going to need our interior defensive lineman to take another step up. It's because, well, how much is this actually helping generating? helping this pass defense, and when quarterbacks are attempting to throw the ball against this defense. You know, it's great. The Giants did a solid job last year in quarters one through three, where, quarters one through three, where they actually allowed a little bit more than four, four yards per carry, which ranked around average in the National Football League. But then in the fourth quarter, they allowed, I believe, the they were in the bottom quarter in the National Football League in terms of their average yards allowed, which was, that's good. That's good. But you get kind of predictable when other teams are winning, or when other teams are winning, and they're running the ball against you on defense, you get kind of predictable. So, good job on the defensive line in that part, but how can these guys impact when other teams are throwing the ball against us where that is where this defense struggles the most? That is the question for all of these guys. That's the question for Dalvin Tomlinson again, as he's taken two years in a row, he's taken two big steps in his ability to infiltrate pressure on the interior. He needs to do it again, and we need to get better. Yeah. Yeah, that... 
that could be the answer right there. If he takes another step forward and it's like, well, we can't afford to lose this guy. You know what right. I'm saying? So do do that, Dalvin, where it's not this decision of, you know, do we resign him? Do we let him go and get a comp pick? Do we trade him at the deadline? Like stuff like that. So, um, or maybe we could just put another franchise tag on a defensive tackle at the end of the year. How about that? Sheesh. I, I hope not. I hope not. We we got to see we got to see quarterback hits go up. I mean, I think that's I'm just looking at the basic stat line rather than like pressures and and things of that nature. If quarterback hits and I'm talking about a really big step up. If they're if they're somewhere in the range of 15, 15 to 20, which that is a huge step up by the way. It's 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 close to double to what he did in 2019, then I really have to consider Hey, we, we may have to bring this guy back, but if it's around that same area, if he's around maybe that three and a half sack to five sack mark, um, well, no, I'm taking sacks out of it because if he has five sacks but 20 QB hits, then I'm saying I really want to bring him back. But if he's producing the same stat line, very similar stat line pass rushing wise as to what he was doing last year, I'm not I'm not banging the table to bring it back, but it still doesn't change the fact that it would be very difficult to say goodbye. Hey, you know what? Seven tackles for a loss, three and a half sacks in 2019. That equals 10 and a half uh, plays for a loss that he made. Let's get that number to 18, whether, whether through sacks or tackles for a loss. Let's get that to 18. So you're averaging more than one negative play per game, um, which can, you know, basically, essentially what that could mean is you end one drive per game by yourself, stuff like yep. that. So that's what I expect. I mean, he's he's a good player. It's just frustrating because of that situation we have at, at interior defensive line. Justin, you got anything else on the cat? Um, we are the king of comp picks. Giants, Giants are very. I mean, hey, well, I mean, now I that guess, we have now that we're copying Belichick in all of our ways, we are definitely going to be comp pick city. Hell, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Should have a special interview for you. Mm. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go. Big Blue.